welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. Blendo kosebre ketele bakada leba kabaro kosomborongondima impala gadala brakotolo brandes ikabada dadadaba shada gadabaya me kapala dosha mendele kezede kabalora zembeleka brandikada shada lababababa mandolo bobo leke setele brekete Rabadoski baladaba kadalalaba shapalaba empalagadea makadola pala leketelegede marakadaba le makatale bakosha brakabaya la baboka paladabaya leketelebele grandes le palagadamarakoshadaba empalagosha katalaba Impala gadala, reketele bakoba, shapapala karada, lekretekebe. Speak the language of the spirit as you prepare your heart to receive the word of God. Just speak in tongues, lebra kata, lababo kapaladaya, leketele bakabalo karada, imamala gadea baladadala, reketelelele. Let your spirit come alive, let your spirit come alive. That in hearing you will hear the word. Imalagadadadaba, shapaladaba, rakobara shatakaya, rabadadadaba, babare kabalaba, lebolo kosebra malaba, rabababe kabaladaba, rekotolo borababalaba, yes, Lord, rabadagadalaba, lekotolo moronda, brekedela, rakatala, babane bala, rebelerene, merokosaya, speak and ask the Holy Spirit. To enlighten you in his word. Let your understanding come alive as the word of God comes to you. As the Holy Spirit to help you, grant you access into divine understanding. It is the level of your understanding that will prosper your oppression as a believer. Le kabala daba shakaya, raba baba 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 no no moho. Holy Spirit, oh, open up our spirit, open up our minds, open up our hearts. Let us download your mysteries and let it bring understanding to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, reketele baka. La katala baba shaba, le katala bra katala ba, la papa katoko bolo mahaya, entala kapaya, in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise, we give you glory. We thank you for what you are about to teach us. We pray that Lord, your word will bring illumination, it will bring direction, it will bring um, direction in our pursuit of destiny. I pray for my hearers in-house and online. I pray that, Lord, understanding will come to our purpose. Understanding will be clearer to us. In understanding, we will understand. 
I pray you touch my lips with coals of fire and let me teach your word with clarity in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to study the word. We're going to enter deep into the word. And um, one member asked me a question. And that question kept me thinking almost one and a half weeks now. The member asked that, Pastor, I've prayed and prayed and prayed. I don't know my mission. I don't know my purpose. I don't seem to know what I'm supposed to be doing. What you say, what I'm called to do. So when he told me, I, I gave myself to some meditations and some studying, of course. I mean, you can't preach without studying. Hallelujah. So I began to study and read further into assignments and missions and all that because a question asked by one may be the question everyone is asking. And uh, tonight I'm going to teach on the subject, your mission, your mission, your mission. And uh, it's a very inspired word. I remember reading a book by a great man of God some time ago, about seven years ago, and that subject was on mission, your mission. So I'm sure I'm going to glean from it and from my meditation, the Lord will bless you. Close your eyes and let's pray. Father, bless your word that is about to come to us. I pray that everyone that hears this message will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Your mission. Your mission. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse number 5. The Bible said that before I found you or I formed thee in the belly I knew thee. So before you were formed even a clot of blood in your mother's womb, the Bible said that God said I knew you. And, bef and before thou cometh forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Give me another version. Amplified version. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument and before you were born I separated and set you apart so it means right from the womb a man is set apart for something so before Jeremiah you were formed in your mother's womb and before you were pushed out into the world I knew you and I separated you and set you apart and consecrating you and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So there was a space in the nations that only Jeremiah could occupy. And that defined the mission of Jeremiah. And we're going to base a lot of our teaching and perspective from this verse. We read from 
give me the NLT version. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So your formation is by God. And God pre-knew pre us or foreknew us. So right there in your mother's womb, day one, week one, week two, week, five, week 30, week 35, God knew you. He knew you. And then before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So Jeremiah was unaware of his mission when he was here to be born. But God knew the details. God knew the nations he had called Jeremiah to. So as I've laid the foundation with this verse, I want to pick the definition of mission from the New Oxford American Dictionary. It defines mission as an important assignment carried out for political. <laughs> so you see Russian mission in Ukraine. So it's an important assignment Carried out for political, religious, or commercial purposes, typically involving traveling. So your mission will involve movement, but it is for a specific and an important purpose, according to the New Oxford American Dictionary. A mission can also refer to the vocation or calling, as you say. A vocation or calling of a religious organization or a strongly felt aim. So a, 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 a mission can be a vocation of a, of a religious organization or a calling. Or a strongly felt aim. A strongly felt ambition. Or calling. So I'm giving you, I'm, I'm gradually helping you to know how to identify your mission on earth. So a mission is a vocation of a religion or a calling or a strongly felt aim. The thing consumes the man. A strongly felt ambition or calling. Which that man alone can express its detail. Because sometimes when you share your mission with people, they can downplay it because they don't feel the way you feel. And immediately they don't feel the way you feel. The, the next thing is for them to diagnose, discourage, and kick you out of what you're feeling. In the believer's world, a person's mission is the work of God created 
for him or her to do on earth. So in our palace or our world, mission is the work of God, the portion of God's work. God's work is bigger than one man. God's work is bigger than the most gifted man you know. God's work is bigger than the most talented man you know. God's work is bigger than the most richest man you know. It's bigger than one person. Bigger than one church. Bigger than one organization. A mission by definition within the the believer's palace is the portion of God's work a man or a woman must do whilst he is on earth. That is a mission in the Christian perspective. Every human being is born for a mission. Every human being is born for a mission. I was born for a mission and you were also born for a mission. And that is what must start dawning on you. As you grow up, that thing must begin to dawn on you. That question. I told you when Saul was saved on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, when he came to his conscience or in the midst of the encounter, he asked the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do for you? In your spiritual awareness, the first thing the Holy Spirit will reveal to you is your mission. Because without mission, man is not needed on earth. Without mission, man has no business on earth. Many people die without discovering their mission. And the worst of it is that many people discover their mission and they are not able to fulfill it. That is even worse than those who did not discover. Our born again experience must enable us, empower us to discover our mission and help us yield to the mission of God in our lives. Because if every man has a mission, whether he's born again or not, you have a mission. The devil has a mission. He is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He has a mission. For this reason, the Son of Man was manifest that he may destroy the works. So, if even the devil has a mission, it means every human being, Christian, non-Christian has a mission. What does the born again experience do for us? It gives us the privilege to divinely have an upper hand in the race of life. So being born again does not butter us, does not stop us. Christians must see their mission and personalize it. By the time I finish the teaching, in about 45 minutes. I'm trusting God that somebody will leave this place. Somebody will leave this stream charged up. Charged up with a motto in their mind, do or die. 
mission must be accomplished. And that term is a military term. And mission ankasa is a military term. Do or die, you, and then you hear mission accomplished. And that is how Jesus put it. It is finished. And may you at the end of your life be able to say it is finished. Now I'm about to take you through different shades and sides of mission and help you identify and define what mission is. So the first thing I want to say about mission, and you must know that your mission is achievable. God will not give you a mission that he knows you cannot achieve. God will not give you a mission that is bigger than you. Bigger than you in the sense that you cannot do it. Every mission from God will definitely look bigger than you. But in the sense of God's perspective in the dealings with man, it's not bigger than you. So, accept the, the, the mentality that every mission is achievable. No matter how Jonah was stubborn, at the end of the day, he achieved the mission of God in his life. So I don't know, maybe you have already begun to discover your mission and it looks like it is not achievable. Every mission God gives to a man is achievable. If you are saying it is not achievable, it is either you lack faith or the mission is not your mission. Whatever mission God commits into your hands, he gives you the capacity, the potential, the talent, the grace, as you put it, to be able to achieve it. So the first thing I'll say about mission is that your mission is a written volume. It is already written. It's a written volume. Jeremiah was born and, and God was like, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you. Not I am knowing you. I knew you, number one. Before you were born, I set you apart, number two. I set you apart. I knew you. I separated you. And I appointed, not I am appointed. So your mission is a written volume, sealed and stamped from the perspective of God. Your mission is written somewhere in heaven, written somewhere on earth, and written in your heart. That is why you cannot separate a strong feeling from your mission. Every mission meant for you will come with a burning sensation or burning desire. As if, sir, if you don't do it, something will happen to you. So your, your, your mission is written somewhere in heaven, written somewhere on earth, and written in your heart. It's a, a, a divine document 
a divine script, a divine counsel, a divine establishment that God has established in heaven, on earth, and in your heart. You can't miss it if you look very hard for it. If God gave you a mission, why will he hide it from you? The only reason you may not find out your mission is that you didn't pay attention in looking for what your mission was. If God wants you to achieve your mission, when he created Adam, he told Adam, this is the garden, dress it and keep it. So if God gave you the mission, he's not interested in hiding it from us. If you are missing out on your mission, it means that you are not looking for it enough. You are not interested in it enough or you are not looking for it in the right way. Because somebody may be looking for a mission that will make him famous. And maybe your mission is not to be to your mission may never make you famous. The mission of the kidney doesn't make it famous until the kidney goes wrong. So, if God gives you a mission, it is a written volume that cannot be altered. Jesus' mission was clear to him. He knew what he was called to do. Too much. He knew what he was called to do. Even as he walked on earth, his mission was not ambiguous in his pursuit. He knew it. Why will God give us a mission and hide it from us? God does not hide your mission from you. We are not paying attention enough. You know, when Moses, Moses came out from Pharaoh's house and went into the water, the bush, he was there for a while. After 40 years. And one day, God wanted his attention. God wanted Moses' attention. So what did God do? In Exodus chapter 3, the Bible said the angel of his presence began to burn in the bush. And the leaves of the tree did not consume. The Bible said that as Moses was going, the Bible said, and when God saw that, I think in the verse 3 or verse 5, and when God saw that Moses had turned to look, we, if you are missing out on your mission, it means that you are not looking for the mission enough. Every mission made by God for us is made available. It cannot be hidden from you. It can be hidden from the devil, but it cannot be hidden from us. Your, your mission is a written volume. Psalm 40, verse 7 to 8. Psalm 40, verse 7 to 8. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of what? Me. It is written of me. Verse 8. I delight to do thy will. Oh my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. So, your mission is written in the volumes of the books. It's there. 
is in heaven, is on earth, and is in your heart. You don't necessarily need a prophetic word to show you your mission. There are a lot of charismatics. The only time they are confident that God has given them this mission is when it comes through a prophetic, a typical prophetic word. Then they know that, oh, with the Nyamiaka. You don't need, a, you don't necessarily need a prophetic word. Because we, there are many people in the Bible that there was no spectacular encounter with God. There was, no, uh, uh, there was no spectacular encounter with God and God was using them. Matthew. Luke. Talk to me. Silas. Barnabas. There was no spectacular. But Lydia. Dorcas. Elizabeth. So if if all we are waiting for is to hear a prophetic word that this is what God has called you to do. I think that you wait till you become a Tusala. No. Sometimes in the dealings with God, he prompts you. God, pro- and, and there's, there's a teaching on how to hear from God. I preached it a long time ago. Maybe I have to preach it again. God speaks to us in our hearts. One of the ways God speaks to me is strong impressions. So sometimes you see, I say, God is telling me to say. It's not that I'm hearing him, but I know how he speaks to me. It becomes a strong impression on me, and I know it is God speaking to me. Some people, God will just speak to them in dreams. Some God will use, there are some, I know a friend, anytime God wants to speak to him, he uses a stranger. So, God doesn't, the fact that God called Moses with a burning bush doesn't mean that you go walking in bush, <laughs> praying in tongues. Small time watching the bush, God, won't you come? He may not come. Your assignment is something you would just know. You would just know. Just like Moses. You know, he started knowing his assignment even in Pharaoh's house. That was why he approached and killed the Egyptian. But that time, he was not supposed to enter full scale in his mission. But he knew something within him made him fight, kill the, kill the Egyptian quietly. He knew it. It was boiling in him. So your mission, you will know. And you see that nobody can quench it. It is just there. It, can, it may be suppressed for a while, but it will come up. It comes to your awareness naturally. Naturally. It comes naturally. Even as a pastor, you will know your mission. It comes naturally. Naturally. It is so strong that no one can distract your focus from it. It comes so strong. And sometimes they'll be asking questions. Ah, this guy, is he okay? Is he normal? Is it, I remember when we were going to start this church. And I told some pastors that I found a place. And it is a nursery classroom. 
A for apple, B for boy, C. They say, ah, so for. I mean, if ICGC started some years, 30 something years ago in classroom, it doesn't mean that now that, I mean, God has opened more doors, you should go back to a class. At least the classroom should have been some nice, you know, there are nice classrooms. But this one was A for apple, B for a wooden structure. They said, but if you do that, you can't attract a certain class of people. But you see, all that they were saying didn't make sense to me at that time. Because what was driving me was that the church must be best. So all they were saying, they had good logical um, points there, but it didn't make sense. When your mission, you become aware of your mission, it eats you up. Jesus said what? My meat is to do what? To do the will of my father. My will. My, my meat. So you have to, the mission must bring you to a point that, you know, the Bible said meat. Without meat, you can't live. So the, the mission becomes the essence of your living. You are not wasting uh, accommodation. God did not bring you on earth to come and waste accommodation or just occupy a space on earth. The meat of your life is your mission. It's your mission that gives you relevance on earth. It's your mission that gives you relevance on earth. Concerning Jesus, when, when, when Pilate, Pilate wrote something about Jesus and the religious leaders went to convince Pilate to change it. He said, what is written is written. What is written about your life Concerning what you must do, it's written. I want you to accept it, then I'll move on. It is permanently written. So Pilate said, no, what is written is written. John chapter 19, verse 21 to 22. They were trying to convince him to change what he has written. But he, God used him to clearly define the mission of the man they were accusing. The Bible said, then the chief priest of the Jews... To Pilate, write not. He said, they, they were telling Pilate not to write. Because somewhere, somehow, they have also got, come to understand the mission of Jesus. Because hitherto till now, Jesus has been talking about his mission. Every time he was ministering, he would minister in a way for them to know his mission. Are you following? So they knew. So they went to Pilate and said, make sure you don't write this on top of the crucifixion. Don't write it. But Pilate said, he said, write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. So they didn't want Pilate to write, he is the king, or the king of the Jews. But they wanted Pilate to put the inscription, he said. So it is not about so be careful the kind of mission you say God has called you to. Maybe it is your he. It is your mission. Not God's mission. If it's God's mission, he will give you the provision. He will pass you through because he has given you the capacity. They said, don't say that he is the king of the Jews. Say that he said. And then Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. What I've written. So what God has written about you, 
No comment by anyone. Your mother, your father, your children, your siblings, your friends, your enemies. Nobody can redefine that. Because it is written in the volumes of the book. God wrote your mission and no man, no woman, no spirit, no system can alter it. What is written is written. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you get to know it, eh? No, knowing it, no, when Jesus got to know it, it helped him not to yield to the plan of man. That was why he could look at Peter's face, his own disciple and apostle. He looked at Peter's face and said, Get thee behind me, what? Yes, because he realized that Peter had allowed himself for the enemy to use to stop him in his mission. Number two, because of time. Your mission is original. Your mission is original. Your mission is original. Your mission is original and not a duplicate. Your mission is original and not a duplicate. Someone may be doing the same thing, something that looks like what you are called to do, but your own is original. Hello? Your own is original. Yours too is original. Somebody may be doing the same thing. Something that looks, they say like, you are called a pastor. Somebody too is called a pastor. He's pastoring to your pastoring. Your own is also original. God does not duplicate. He's a creator. He's not a duplicator. He is a creator. He's not a duplicator. So God does not give you a fake mission. The same spirit on Moses came on Joshua. Yes or no? But what Moses did was different from what Joshua did. You can receive an impartation from a prophet, but it doesn't mean that you become a prophet. You can have encounters with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't mean that you become a prophet. So, coming under the same anointing doesn't mean that you do the same thing. Because the anointing has one source. It comes to empower you to execute the exact mission God gave to you. So God did not give you a fake mission. God did not give you an inferior mission. Your mission on earth is original. When many people, when you see many people do similar things, it doesn't mean that they are duplicating it themselves. For example, you can see people who serve under a certain pastor. They preach like that pastor. It doesn't mean that they are going to achieve the same thing as that pastor. No. It can never happen. It can never. The same spirit on Elijah came on Elijah, but they did different things. It, because each of us come in this world with our mission. But a womb, now look at some of you, your 
your parents gave birth to four, five, six. The same womb, different people came out. Different color, different height, different character, but the same womb. So having the anointing of the Holy Spirit does not mean that we will have the same mission. Your mission is unique. My own is unique and is original. Hallelujah. John the Baptist knew about this mystery. He knew his assignment. And John the Baptist was the most popular prophet in his days. And the king and the royals, they even feared him. He was so powerful that even if you want to touch him, the king will stop you. But he knew his assignment. He was to introduce the Messiah. All the gimmicks, he was, he was so powerful that when even you got baptized in Jesus' ministry, they will insist that you have to go and baptize in John the Baptist's ministry. They, the people knew John to be a powerful prophet than Jesus. But John knew his assignment. That's why I said that God will not hide your assignment from you or your mission from you. John knew that he was to introduce the Messiah. And after he has introduced the Messiah, his assignment was over. The judgment of man notwithstanding. Please, am I making sense to you tonight? John was never jealous of the explosive ministry that Jesus had. Because he knew his assignment. Look, God tells you that, hey, come to the world and come and carry this pulpit from Carrie's temple. So you have moved all over the world. Togo, Cote d'Ivoire, coming down. Come. You carry this away. As you carry it away, you have accomplished your assignment. Every other thing is Jara. Sometimes you'll be doing the same thing that somebody is doing. You see, there are different kinds of pastors. There are some realms, some pastors will never enter. They, they, let them kill themselves, they won't enter. <laughs> there are different kinds of musicians. There are some realms that some musicians will never enter. They will kill them, they won't enter. Because the gifts and the callings of God are very powerful. But they are unique. Very, very unique. So John the Baptist knew that I am coming to the world first, but I came to introduce Jesus. And that is it. I'm not called to do any other thing. I came to prepare the way. And when the day the Son of Man will show up, I will point the people to him that this is the man. The reason I am here, he's the one. Oh God, help us. John chapter 3, verse 27 to 30. You have to know and appreciate and honor your calling. If you don't know, you will die early. When we came to this area, there were mighty churches around, old. The churches around there are over 30 years. There were prophetic churches on the compound, about four. Three on the, on, 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 on the railway. Came another charismatic church on the compound. But you know, I knew that my calling 
is also original. You have to know your calling. That is the only way you can survive and flourish. So the Bible said, John the Baptist, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Yea, yourselves bear me witness that I said, that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, we standeth and heareth him, rejoiced greatly because the bridegroom's voice, because of the bridegroom's voice, this my, this my joy therefore is fulfilled. So they came to like, they wanted him to react. They saw that people were going for baptism in Jesus' ministry. And they were, ah, you have been in town before this guy came. Where from this guy? You have been doing ministry. This guy just came two years, three and a half years. Look at what is happening. And John the Baptist said, my joy. Because he knew his assignment. Why are we fighting with each other? Why are, no, when you don't know your mission, then you become jealous of somebody's mission. When you see somebody on television, you are angry. And because he has rich people sponsoring him. Please, please. Please. You are just jealous. You are just jealous. Know your mission. And when you know your mission, you will never be intimidated. You will never. He said, rejoice greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. He hearing the voice of Jesus crying, He's happy. He's happy that the man has been preparing the way for. Hallelujah. Know your mission. Knowing the originality of your mission. Know that your mission is authentic. You, you may not do anything global. Every day you hear people pray, you become global and not local. But some people are called to have a very Powerful local mission. Very powerful. Not everybody is meant for global. A global impact. It, it, it can happen to you, but when you know your mission, when you know your mission, and you know that it's original, sometimes if you don't know your mission, the global people will make you look foolish. So like Jesus and John the Baptist. John the Baptist was localized, but Jesus was global. You can go global, but if your mission is to go to a village, you go. <laughs> if your mission, whatever your mission is, if you discover it, believe it, that it is original. Then you will not be jealous. The jealousy in the system is because Everybody wants to be famous. And then we leave the original plan of God concerning the mission and go doing other things that will make you famous. Because we don't know our mission. And we don't know that it is original. Hallelujah. If a brother buys <coughs> a Land Cruiser, I'm bringing it down. 
I buy a Land Cruiser, Toyota Land Cruiser 2022. And I'm driving. Okay, and you also go and buy Toyota Land Cruiser 2022. It's your own fake or original? It's original. The fact that I have Toyota Land Cruiser 2022 doesn't mean that when you also get your Toyota 2022, Land Cruiser 2022, that means yours is fake. And that is how we are, interpre we are interpreting everything here. You can buy Land Cruiser, I can go and buy Corolla. It seems to do the same thing on the road. But we are original. Your gift is original. Your mission cannot be stolen because it is original. And these people are copying us. These people are copying. Ah, you're original. You are, that is why even if you copy in exams, <laughs> Your, how you write it, eh, it will be different from what you copied. If even the words don't change, your handwriting personalizes it for you. Or oh, if you are copying what is chemistry, blah, 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 and you are writing, it will never be like the person you are copying from. Your mission is original. Your mission is so original that it can never be duplicated. Two identical twins are never the same. Their thumbprint is even different. The third thing I want to say because of time is that your mission is relevant. Your mission is relevant. It's relevant. It's very, very relevant. So let's say Carriage Temple, ICGC Carriage Temple. We are part of the ICGC group of churches. So if right now the ICGC number of churches is, let's say, almost 900 or 1,000 or whatever. If we are not part, assuming it's 1,000, if we are not part, it is 999. Your mission is relevant. Your mission is relevant and is relevant to your generation. And your generation is waiting for you to execute your mission. And we are not executing mission. Because time and chance, today is first March, 2022. Two months have gone. We are in the third month of the year. Very soon Easter. Very soon 40 days of power. Very soon cross, um, 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 greater works. First week in August. Somewhere there. After greater works, we do our grace and oil. After grace and oil, crossover. <laughs> then you are one year old with more gray. <laughs> You do not merely occupy space on earth. There is a mission. And that mission, you have to see that is relevant. Elijah Dangote was born a little child. Donald Trump was born a little child. 
Azuma Nelson was born a little child. Bill Clinton was born a little child. Kwame Nkrumah was born a little child. You were born a little child. But they achieved. They achieved. Let us not hide behind tongue speaking and relegate our assignment and missions all in the name of speaking in tongues. No. There is something you have been called, you have been ordained, you have been appointed, you have been anointed to achieve on earth. You have to achieve. When your name is mentioned, it must not be empty. When a man's name is mentioned and it is empty, it means he's an, an underachiever. He, a non-achiever. Because their works do follow them. So when you mention Jesus, something follows. When you mention Hitler, something follows. When you mention Lady Diana, something follows. When you mention Madame Teresa, something follows. Where, wherever a name goes and no memory no works follows, it means that that person is a non-achiever. Your mission is relevant, church. You are indispensable. See it that way. A lot of us don't see it that way. If I don't do it, best somebody will do it. I don't count. So you are not, you are not enthusiastic. You are not serious to achieve mission. Because it's like you feel like you are not, you don't count. You, if you see yourself like an ordinary person, adding up to the numbers, you will never, never achieve anything. I mean, Jesus came on the earth. There were very beautiful ladies in town. He could have married her, but he knew his assignment. He knew that it was relevant, relevant. Relevant. You are indispensable. You are needed in the equation of history. You are needed in the equation of your generation. Your space can only be occupied by you. We can't disappoint God. God threw us on earth to do something. We must live with works. We must live the earth with works following us. And good works for that matter. A mission is a good work. An assignment is a good work. And we must do it. We must not just know it. We must not just imagine it. We must not just decide. We must do it. And may you accomplish your mission on earth. That when you stand before God, you say, Jack, God, daddy, daddy, mission accomplished. And Jesus was on the cross. He said, it is, Jack, God, Papa, it is finished. May we be bold enough on that day to say, Papa, it is finished. You are irreplaceable in your generation. There will always be only one Francis Hepper. There will always be only one Pastor Prince Nyako. There will always be only one you. You are irreplaceable. 
You are not an alternative. Wow. Do you know what it means? It means that they will not get another type of you. That means that that assignment is prepared for you. You are not an alternative. Stop seeing yourself as an alternative. See yourself as the original. That is the only way something will drive you to do something. Something, if you see yourself as an alternative, it means that, like a microphone, maybe I have another one here, so that just in case this one doesn't work. That means, you know, that is why God said marry one wife. Marry one wife. You don't have any alternative. You, you, are, you, you are not an alternative. And yes, sir, our main, you know, sometimes when you are going to preach somewhere, they will call you as the first person. <laughs> they will call the original. They will go, oh, where is this? And then when they don't get them, they will call, oh, hmm. This one, the, uh, you have to step in for me. <laughs> you, are, you have been made an alternative. But you see, God did not bring you as an alternative. No. You came and there is a mission tied to you. When you mention Jesus, something follows. When you mention Abraham, something follows. You mention Jacob, something follows. You mention Elijah, something follows. You mention Micaiah, something follows. There is a mission. And that mission must be accomplished. Your place in life makes the world complete and beautiful. If you see yourself as an alternative, you may be careless in life. Many believers are living carelessly. Many believers are living recklessly. Many believers are living in so much mistakes, no, like intentional errors. They are careless. They don't care what is happening. You tell them to pray, they won't pray. You tell them to fast, they won't fast. You tell them to live, they won't live. You tell them to focus on God, they will not focus. You tell them to follow God, they will not. Because they don't see themselves as critical vessels in the hands of God. When you begin to see yourself as critical vessels, right now the president of Ukraine, he can't decide to walk anyhow in town. He's in a banker. He is in a banker. Because he cannot afford to die now in the battle. The battle ends when the leader dies. So you must see yourself as a critical part of God's kingdom agenda on earth. And see that you are not replaceable. You are not an alternative. You need to tell yourself. Because man will let you feel that you are an alternative. Your own relatives. So the Bible says a prophet is not honored in his own home. You must see yourself that you are unique. You are divinely crafted for an assignment. And that one, nobody can do it except you. Am I talking to someone? Now, let me give you an example. Esther. Before Esther, we talk about Samson. After Samson, did you hear about any other Samson? Yeah. There was no other Samson. When Samson died, that was it. No other Samson. No other person we read in the Bible like something. There were other Nazarites. Okay, 
Samson was part of the Nazarite. They didn't cut their hair with razor. They didn't touch certain things. But you see, though Samson was a Nazarite, I told you that even if some people are doing the same thing that you came to meet, yours is also original. So when Samson died, that was the end. No other Samson. You are unique. You are irreplaceable. You are not an alternative. You are taxed with a particular mission. Esther had to go before the king at an all time. Wow. And speak on behalf of the people for their deliverance. Esther, he, she had to go and face the king. And it is Esther. You see, and God divinely orchestrated that a time will come, Vasti, Queen Vasti will misbehave herself. So that an opportunity will be created for an Esther who in that season must manifest assignment. So in life, when God begins to promote you, don't become proud. When you start getting doors opening, when you start getting money, when you, start, you get employment and they are paying you, when you start a business and it's working and God is increasing and lifting you, don't think that is because of you. No, it's because of the assignment. Every open door is connected to the assignment. Every open door is connected to the mission. Every blessing is connected to the mission. God gave Abraham Isaac not because he wanted to make him just a father. No. It was because of the mission, of the covenant, of generations yet unborn, because of the, uh, um, um, the root that Jesus must be connected to. Isaac must be given to Abraham. So every single blessing you have in life, you must see that it is, it is tied to your mission. So when God is giving you money, you spend it on drinks and blowing it on women and using it for lascivious things. But you see that every opportunity, the good friends God brings into your life, the church you belong to, your pastor, your parents, your siblings, where you work, Whatever you do, you see that God placed you there because of your mission. Am I, am I making sense tonight? Mordecai impressed on Esther that her mission was not just to be a queen. So Esther, you are not just in the palace because they needed a law law in the palace. But you are there for a particular mission. And if you execute that mission, you will save yourself and save your father's house. And save a whole people. Your mission is not just to be a wife to the king. You have a mission to go to the king and speak for the people. And only Esther could do that. No other person. Child of God, there is something ahead of you that only you must do for your generation. If you fail, others fail. If you succeed, others will succeed. And I don't have time to go deeper where I will talk maybe next week, maybe next week, 
I'll talk about nurturing the, the mission. Diagnosing, assessing the mission. Because Esther was assessing the mission in the wrong way. Initially. He started, she was giving excuses. Every mission, eh, before you execute it, the devil will give you reasons to excuse yourself from your mission. So Esther started saying, hey, you don't go before the king at this time. He was trying to, then Mordecai said, Jack, you are not there just to be called Queen Esther. You have been made Queen Esther for such a time as this. You have been made a medical doctor for such a time as this. You have been made a politician for such a time as this. Oh God. Esther's assignment can, could, could not be reassigned to another person. Vasti couldn't do it. It's only Esther. Your assignment cannot be reassigned. What Elijah did, he did what he was supposed to do and left. And Elisha came on board. Elijah never met Naaman. What Moses did, Joshua did not do. And you can't say that Moses' assignment was greater than Joshua's assignment. They were all unique. In their own way. Joshua never parted Red Sea. But. They crossed the Jordan. With another. Modulo. Operandi. Are you following me? So Moses parted water. Joshua too parted water. But I told you. They are all original. And they are all relevant. I don't know what you are doing that you think that somebody's own is more important than you didn't receive the mission from God. Every mission you receive from God is very important, very unique, and very, very relevant. There was no other person who could deliver the people than Esther. Esther chapter 4 verse 13 to 14. Karadaba katalaba. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther after she has given the excuse. Think not that thyself or think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, how do you keep quiet? People, people are waiting for us to rise. We are too quiet. We are too, I don't know, we are hiding. As if said, the witches are stronger than. People are waiting for us to rise. He said, why do you hold your peace at this time? Then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. Missing aborted means invitation to destruction. Invitation to frustration. Invitation for dissatisfaction. When you miss your mission, eh, no matter what you do, you will never be happy. An achiever is a man who pursued the mission of his life. I, 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 I chose ministry above many things. 
many, many things. And I feel very satisfied. I'm imagining, don't copy me, that is me. I don't know what professional work I will do that will ever give me satisfaction than do ministry. So I asked myself, so if I was just a biomedical scientist for all these years, 17 years, and I was not pastoring, would I be happy? I told myself, no. So what makes me happy is when I see people who came in raw, polished, God is using them. They are progressing in life. They are imparting others. Then I say, oh. Then I, so you have to know that there is an assignment that will only be understood by you and not by others. Hallelujah. So Esther, don't think, don't think that you came into the palace to have comfort. You came there because God knew a time like this will come. Your mission is a life-saving mission. Every mission that is from God that comes to you, it is a life-saving mission. It came to save life. Any mission that destroys life is not a good mission. It's not from God. Herod gave order, kill all children two years and below. It's not from God. So your mission, it looks tiny, it may look insignificant. Do you know that? I have five minutes to close. Do you know that? Every part of your body has a mission. Every single part of your body. Uh, oh, I said what? Every, I saw a lady, she, 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 is it? A dog attacked her and bit off her upper lips. You can imagine. Imagine you, you, you didn't have two lips. How will you talk? Every day you are smiling. The lips you have been insulting every time. Me alone. Why are my lips like this? Me alone. My lips should have been a little big, a little small, a little straight, a little. You let them cut it away. You will see that. Hey! So your lips are dead to your beauty. Every part of you has a mission. Why do you think that you don't have a mission on it? There is a mission that is only relevant in your generation. John the Baptist did not come after Jesus. He came before Jesus. You fail to manifest. If John the Baptist did not do his work well, Jesus wouldn't have manifested. At that time, John the Baptist had increased. That's why when he was saying, he said that he would increase and then he, John the Baptist, would, would decrease. At that time, John the Baptist had already increased in town. He was the major prophet. He was the national prophet. But he didn't become a national prophet for himself. He created the platform, the popularity, the atmosphere for the coming of the Messiah. What are you called to do? That you are undermining. You think it's not important. You think, oh, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not heavy. Don't jealous people's assignment because when they give it to you, and they give it to you. You can't. You have been driving your Corolla. You have been driving your Land Cruiser. You think you can drive articulator. Hmm. 
By the time you change one gear, you realize you need to eat one kinky to be able to change. I'm ending my teaching. A God-given mission is a peace-given mission. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall do what? Inherit the earth. It's a peace-giving mission. It's a peace-giving mission. A God-giving mission is a prosperity-giving mission. A God-giving mission is a prosperity-giving mission. A God-giving mission is a breakthrough-giving mission. It's a breakthrough giving mission. The world has been waiting for you. The world is waiting for us, church. Your family is waiting for you. You pursue your mission, you bless your family. Nations are waiting for you, oh Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I've appointed you. I have called you to nations. Nations are waiting for your rising. Nations are waiting for your manifestation. Nations are waiting for you to execute mission. There are some of us here, there are meetings you have to be in, in Geneva, in Columbus, Ohio, in Oklahoma. In, there are meetings, but you see, if you don't understand and identify your mission, I pray that after tonight, eh, look at Romans chapter 8 verse 19. My last but one scripture. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Amplified version. It's very beautiful there. For even the whole creation, all nature, wait expectantly. What are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? When do you want to manifest mission? When you are 45? When you are 55? What will you do? <laughs> it is like a story I heard where a man was being called into ministry. He never responded so he was 75. He came to church and then they were calling him. He was walking with his stick to the altar. The evangelist said, Sir, when you come, you'll be a burden. You go back and be a church member. When you were young, they called you. You didn't come. When do you want? He said, for even the whole creation, all nature, God is calling you to push an agenda in the media industry, in the business industry. There is a vision in you you must birth. You, there are many visions. There's a mission. There's something. There is something. You didn't just come to go to school, marry, born, and die, and go. No. Build one house for some three-bedroom Benjamin house. And then you earn salary and then you die. No, there is a mission. There is a purpose. There is something that must be tied to your name. By the time you are dying, wait expectantly and longs earnestly for God's sons to be made known. Wait for the revealing the disclosing of their sonship. I pray that you will not just add to the number, 
but you will identify. It's so beautiful that you identify your mission. You are achieving so much. Every time you send a message, Pastor, God has done this. Pastor, this is what God is doing. Pastor, I'm going to this. I'm traveling here. I'm going to do this. I, I, their business expanded. Pastor, come and dedicate this estate. Pastor, come and do this. Pastor, this. Pastor, that. Can we give glory to God? God has done it. God has done it. I didn't know. Now I am the head of this. Pastor, the business, the farm is growing. Oh, Jesus Christ, I prophesy. I pray that every mission that God has assigned to your name, it shall be accomplished. People are praying for your rising. People are praying that you show up. One day, the apostle had a vision and the man stood before him and said, come, come to Macedonia. People are waiting for you. They are hey, Lucy, people are waiting for you. People are waiting for you. People are waiting for us. And I'm praying that you will not fail your generation. Yeah, you will not allow any circumstance. You will not allow. You will be deviant. I think next week I may continue. I'll talk about your mission cannot be, uh, does not want to be limited. It needs expression. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 2 verse 36 to 38. My last scripture. We have to manifest mission. And we must not abort mission. We must, at the end of the day, it must not be said mission aborted. It must be mission accomplished. Our master did not shout mission aborted. He said what? Mission accomplished. He said, and there was one, Anna. So you see, people are praying. Hey, people are in our families. Eh? All they are praying, oh God, my pure family way more. Oh people are praying in our families. Oh, mothers, aunties. Uncles, a generation in the, in the nation are praying for a new breed of leaders in every sector. A generation of Africans are praying. Today I asked somebody, I was chatting with somebody, I said, does he think that Africa will ever pass the white man. It's our, it's, it's our dream. It's our prayer. It's one of our assignments. And one of what we believe in. By asking, does he think? A, a, a whole continent is believing God for a new breed of, a new type of people, a new type of leaders. And these things are embedded in our mission. And if we will build capacity, if we will grow, if we will pay the price and develop ourselves and invest in ourselves, not in dresses and perfumes and a new generation that has risen. Everybody wants to be on the latest iPhone. Everybody wants to, nobody is investing in anything to develop their capacity. If we will pay the price, if we will pay the price, and pay the price for the mission. Jesus paid the price for the mission. John the Baptist paid the price for the mission. 
Elijah paid the price for the mission. We have to pay the price for the mission. Pay the price. Ukraine wants freedom from the deep influence from Russia. They will have to pay the price. There is no mission that will be accomplished without a kind of suffering. No, we have to pay the price. We started in the classroom. It wasn't nice. People came, they were ridicule, they would go, oh, this, this, this. We came here, even here, people ridicule. Because the children's service has no better place. It's not our choice. That's why you must not look down on people. Because it's not their choice to be where they are. But you must not allow the situation to permanently cap you down. You must fight and break through. Your assignment is possible. Your mission is achievable. And I pray. Look at Anna. He was praying. She was in the church praying. Praying for Jesus to show up. Praying for Jesus. People are praying for people, young men to rise up. Praying. In every sector. Genuine politicians. Honest politicians. Honest leaders. Honest directors. Honest managers. People, oh God, I pray. That the church, we will not hide behind tongue speaking. But there will be a certain spirit. A spirit, a different spirit like Daniel. A spirit that was in Daniel. We must pay the price to bet the mission. Let me read that scripture. Softer version and then we end the service. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. And she was very old. Her husband died when she had been married only seven years. Wow. So in the face of calamity, you have no reason to desert God. She was in the temple praying. What was her mission? What was her prayer? So if she was at the age of 84... And she was married for only seven years. How long has she been praying for the manifestation of Jesus? Look at me. Our grandmother said, stop calling them witches. Some of them are praying. So, oh Jesus, may, may God use you to bring glory to your family. It will only come when you you identify the mission, you pay the price for the mission, and that mission explodes in glory. He said, then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. Widows can fast. 80-year-old woman was fasting. You, you are 35, 40 years. When they say fast, you saw my stomach has come. 80 years. Fasting and praying. We don't want to pay the price for anything. He said, she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. And she began praising God. May our generation eh, be, praise God. 
because of us. When she saw, he said, and he said, she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for the God, for God to rescue Jerusalem. Close your eyes. Pray in two minutes that God, that God help me to identify my mission. May I not miss out on mission. May I not end my life saying mission aborted. No. May we end the race well. May we endure. May we end saying mission accomplished. I am a missionary. Pray and tell God that Lord, open my eyes. Let mission be real to me. Let me be ready to pay the price. Lekoba Shabranda, Lagadagade, Maragodoza, Palegro Koso Palanaha, Mandolo Bocasipa, Paragetaya, Maladaba. I will not fail. I will not fail. I will accomplish mission. In the name of Jesus, Shagadaya Kabala, Rabadada, Breka Sabarada, Reko Soponda Kaba, Apala Gazoma Papaya, Entalalama Sapea, Areketele Maraganda, Apalo Agade Malada, Lekeze Bagadona, Reketola Brakatala, that I will identify and execute mission in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray. For everyone that heard this message, let this message resound in our spirit. Let nothing truncate our purpose on earth. Let us not be derailed. Missionaries of technology, missionaries of media, missionaries of the society, missionaries in every department of society, missionaries in the corporate world, in the name of Jesus, let mission be back in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. I want you to know that God wants you to achieve and spend some time to talk to God. Speak to him. He will show you your mission. And when he shows you your mission, remember the first one. A mission is what? A strong feeling of an aim or an ambition. Amen. The message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.